earth, air, fire, water, spiral in a dance of creation. From their potent vortex, I rise. For long, I have hidden in darkness. My heart has bled a thousand crimson droplets. From my eyes, a hundred thousand diamond tears have fallen. One for each eon that silence has reigned. A prison guard preventing any freedom of expression. I remember a time when the dragon wrapped its tail around the rose. In deepest love, protection, respect. But then, the wisdom codes living within her five-petaled song spoke thus. It is time. It is time. It is time. Deep within the fairy forest, aided by a stone, a sword, a cup, and a spear, she was cloaked. The mists rose enshrouding the holy flower until the appointed time. In her absence, the temple gates have grown tall, still golden and ruby-encrusted. They had once been called home. But no longer do they open, extended in a welcome embrace. From behind them peer ice-cold eyes and distant stares. Eyes that can no longer see the rose. No longer can they hear its song, nor smell its heady perfume. The gates remain shut tight, and so too do their hearts. But the truth cannot be exiled, only obscured for a while. And so it had been. Let the mirrors fall away, and the scales too. Taking back our power, a reclamation dawns with the morning light. Of ruby petals and emerald serpents, the watchful eye of citrine and gold opens wide, no longer asleep. My voice, a holy song, awakening dragon lines, a golden grid, the sapphire jewel of my throat flickers, awakening now, too, with the dragons. Spiral rain and rising light, thank you for reflecting all that I am and all that I have never been. For I am not my fear. I am not a silenced tongue. I am not my pain, nor am I the shame that I once carried. I am the forest and the trees. I am the river and the seas. I am the willow and the oak. I am the daughter of the moon and smoke. And with this moon, 
I rise and roar because I am the dragon and the rose. Welcome to Elemental Whispers, a podcast dedicated to creating pathways of remembrance through the sharing of personal experiences and real-life sacred stories of working with the community of other world beings for healing, growth, and joyful enchantment. I'm Diamira Rose D'Agostino, and this is my gift to you, a podcast that is really meant to be a doorway. May it illuminate this pathway of magical remembrance. May its medicine of enchantment guide you in your elemental journey of soul, earth, and spirit. Well, hello there. It has been a long while since we've last connected in this way. As you may know, I spent the month of July on pilgrimage in the lands of England and Wales, and I am still integrating a lot of the energies and revelations from that journey. I hope at some point to be sharing more of those energies and what is emerging and what came forward for me both in the form of this podcast and stories I share here, but also in the form of sacred offerings that I plan on sharing over the next months to come. I want to let you know that I actually did record a video. You can find it on YouTube. I'll link to it in the show notes. And this was a video sharing that I did about some of the sacred stories, the medicine stories from my journey, specifically as they relate and were connected to the essences and the energies and beings that I interacted and was invited and honored to collect their essence. So those stories are shared in a YouTube video. So grab a cup of tea and sit down for a storytelling session if you haven't already watched it. I do mention the six essences in that video and they were available for pre-order, but that pre-order date has come and gone. And so don't worry if you missed out on that, you will still be able to get them. You just won't be able to get them in the pre-order. So they'll be available to the public soon. So definitely keep an eye out for that if it's of interest to you. Before we jump into today's episode, I also want to take a few moments to offer my heartfelt gratitude to my listeners. In particular, those of you who have left me a review or those of you who will leave me a review. These reviews are really, really meaningful to me. I actually hold the intention that this podcast truly is a meeting place. And I imagine that we are sitting in a forest clearing, just like I spoke to on episode zero, Welcome to the Elemental Whispers podcast. I shared this image where we are all gathered around a roaring fire 
on a dark night in a clearing in the center of an enchanted forest. The stories and transmissions that come forward are meant to be pathways or doors into that which is sacred, that which is enchanted, and hopefully carry codes of remembrance that allow you to connect into your own magic, your own living memory that lives in your heart temple. And right now I want to honor one of the reviews that came in is from A Woman with Flowers. A Woman with Flowers says, Listening to Diamira makes me feel as if I have been woven into enchantment. The depth at which she shares is beyond beautiful. I feel as if each episode is not only full of magical information, but also enchantment codes that help my own unfolding. This podcast has quickly moved to one of my go-to podcasts. Thank you, thank you, Diamira, for sharing so generously. And thank you so much, A Woman With Flowers, for sharing this review because you taking time to share this review and for those of you who will and have shared a review, by you doing this, you bless me, you bless yourself, and you bless the world around us by creating that beautiful amplification of energy that becomes a beacon to help others find this magical work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now that segues nicely into our topic of conversation for today about magical lineage. Now, what do I mean when I say magical lineage? How does it connect to you, connect to me? What does it have to do with fairy? We are going to be exploring all of these facets of this multi-layered conversation. When I began my journey, and I say began, I know we can all say, oh, we're all on a spiritual journey. Yes, I'm talking about consciously embarking on the path of spirit and self-awareness and awakening and remembering. One of the biggest questions that started to arise and journey me, one of the grail questions that lived as a song in my soul that guided me ever onward was the question of who am I? Who am I at the core of my being? And what is my purpose? Who am I and what is my purpose? And if you've read my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening, then you got to follow along with me and join me in that journey. One of the themes that came up for me early on was following this real unexplainable connection to fairy. Eventually, that catalyzes a full remembrance of who I was at a soul level. 
and possibly at an ancestral level. I know so many of you out there, those of you who I've worked with, who I've been in circle with, who I've had the honor to meet, and those of you who I have not, there are so many of you who also feel an extraordinary and often unexplainable connection to the fairy realm. And we want to know why. Now, some of us might be peaceful with not needing an answer to that question. I, however, was very much interested in what that question would unlock for me. That question took me on the journey that I want to guide us on today. We are going to be traversing material around not just magical lineage, but old lineage wounds, priestesshood and sisterhood wounds from energetics and lineage timelines that I called the Fairy Magdalene. In fact, the poem I wrote that I began today's episode with is titled The Dragon and the Rose and very much speaks to the wound, the memory that holds the wound as it is connected to this ancient lineage. We are going to be exploring fairy blood versus fairy spirit. What are the differences? And what does it really mean to be of fairy spirit or to have fairy blood? What does it mean to connect with our fairy roots? What does our ancestral origin have to do with fairy? And how is this all connected to this magical lineage that I am referring to? These are all the themes that I'm going to touch on and share through story. And also, as you know, I am obsessed with then corroborating and contextualizing some of my direct experience with beautiful examples in myth and legend and medieval source texts and all of the ways in which history is really perhaps reflecting through clues and key codes hidden but in plain sight of some of these truths, some of these nuggets of wisdom. Most recently, I was offering a class a class called Elemental Alchemy 101. And this was a class on basic essence potion formulation for our own self-healing and also for our own reclamation. As with all classes, I am not the only teacher. I co-teach with my colleagues and allies and in some cases, my guides and contacts in the other world of spirit, 
a fairy of she, and oftentimes it will be a combination of voices and energies. In this particular instance, I was co-creating and co-teaching the class with the grandmothers. These grandmothers are the grandmothers of my lineage. They are not human. They are some energy in between human and she. As I was preparing for this class, what started out as this fun, delightful exploration and sharing and transmission around how to weave essence potions for yourself, specifically working with the more mystical essences like the essences of fairy, elven beings, dragons, sacred places and spaces, how to weave with these essences and allow working with these essences to be more approachable and to be able to, again, create a formula out of them that will journey you. So that's what the class was on upfront. But as I began preparing for the class, what became very clear was that there was a much deeper mandate that was coming through. And I'm using mandate not coming from the outer, but coming from deep within my soul, like a soul mandate arising from me. And this had to do with lineage. And I realized that transmitting the wisdom around creating the essence potions was a sacred art, a sacred craft that many of us held memory in our blood, in our DNA, and in our spirit. And not only that, but the act of working in this way, weaving potions in this way, in the way that I was sharing it, was actually a way to unlock our sacred, magical lineage within us. That working with essence potions in this way actually activated soul memory of your magical lineage. And so suddenly this became more than just a class on transmitting a particular method or technique around this beautiful and very sacred craft, but it became a soul summons to those of the magical lineage. And I had this experience several days before the class. I was going out to the forest in preparation and I was going to the forest cottage of the grandmothers, which is an energetic, it's not a physical place, but it is anchored to a physical place in my forest. Before I arrived at the cottage door, I stopped. There was this place in the forest that I had never really looked at before. I walked by it all the time, but I'd never really seen it. And this place was, there were these stones 
not in a circle, obviously, I would have noticed that, but there were these stones in a line on the ground and then maybe one a little bit offset in front of the line of stones. And then in the center of that was this old tree stump. Now, this was the kind of tree stump that was half decayed and half gone so that you could, there was only a part of the stump remaining and it went, of course, into the ground. And when a stump starts to decay, sometimes a hole is left in the ground and you can peer into the hole and see the darkness. And it's almost as if it's a hole or a opening into the underworld itself. And this was very much how this tree stump was. There was some of the tree stump left, and then there was this opening. I was very drawn to it, and I stood over it, just like the Pythia of ancient times as oracles of Delphi stood over their tripod to receive the wisdom and words and energetic of Gaia as it rose up from her heart womb. And I stood over this tree stump receiving the key codes of Gaia. I found myself having stepped into what I call the web of weird. Weird being W-Y-R-D, the web of life, the web of past, present, future, the web of destiny. Again, this was all in preparation for my class. As I was in the web of weird, I began singing and I could see the threads of the web start to vibrate, just like a spider's web vibrates when a prey is caught. The threads vibrated out and where they went, I could not see, but they expanded out across multiple dimensions through time and space. And these song codes seemed to radiate out from within this space. It was as if I was gazing out across all of time. And at that very moment, of course, I can feel the sparks within my own soul responding to the song lines. And I can feel my blood as if it is bubbling, as if it is pooling and whirling and singing. My blood started singing. And before I know it, my hands are risen to the sky out and I am calling. I am calling to my magical lineage, my brothers and sisters of the ancient future way. And when I stepped from out of that web, I had the very real knowing why I subtitled the class a healing, and a reclamation. Because this was really an invitation to each person who came to reclaim their magical lineage, their magical lineage as it is connected to fairy. And it was like I could feel my blood singing to the blood of both my ancestors and my descendants, my brothers and sisters across the web of life, across time and space, past, present, future. Like now, brothers and sisters, it is time to rise and be remembered. Rise and be remembered. Rise 
and be remembered. And for a moment, I became confused because I thought, but I have been doing this work for so long. Why does it feel different now? Why is my blood singing in a way it has never sung before? Why do I feel, perhaps for the first time, that as I am calling out across time and space and through the grid of Gaia, why do I feel like others can hear me? That this call can be felt, seen, heard, and is being responded to. Even in this moment as I am in the forest, even in this moment as I am speaking these words on this podcast to you. Why is it different now? And suddenly I remembered and the image dropped in of all of the work that I had done over the last year around the fairy Magdalene healing of the wound and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the podcast, The Dragon and the Rose, very much is encoded with that story that the fairy Magdalene is the story of the wound. And it is not just the wound of the split, which I have talked about before and many others talk about, which is the split when, again, that trajectory, those two trajectories unfolded from the common ancestor, the human and the she, right? It is not just that split. I am talking about a wound that has to do with ancient lineages and priestesshoods and sisterhoods, ancient, 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 that is very much about betrayal and speaking but not being heard and standing in the light but not being seen. Sharing but being shunned or that which is shared being misappropriated or not received. So many of us have a fear of persecution, right? We remember lifetimes, or even if we don't consciously remember them, they're in our cellular makeup, they're in our epigenetics, they're in all of that which makes us who we are. And we tend to hold back and hide because of these fears. But what I had seen for myself was, yes, there was this There was always that thread, and I did a lot of work on healing and clearing that. But for me, what was most present over the last year is I realized there was another layer. More than holding and hiding because I was afraid, I was withholding because I was angry. I was withholding because that which had been given, had been shared, had not been received or had not been received how I wanted it to or had been received and then twisted and distorted and co-opted. And, 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 and on it goes. And so I saw that, and I'm not just talking about in this lifetime, but I saw how I had withheld the fairy codes, how I had been wearing this fairy cloak of invisibility. And so here I was, unclear why my message wasn't always being felt or heard or seen. And yet there was this other very real part of me that did not want to be seen because I had this 
thought or belief that that which I had was sacred and I wanted it to be treated as such. All of this is well and good and beautiful. And there comes a point, at least there did for me, when I had to make a choice and say, I cannot control. I can use my discernment to share in the ways that feel most alive and aligned for me. But at some point, but I, I cannot control. If I seek to control and manipulate how that which I share is used or not used or received or not received, now I'm crossing over to the side of the road that is not mine. That is not my responsibility. Not only that, but I saw that in withholding, I had actually given my power away to the outer. Because I was waiting for the outer to make its first move, its move of honoring or maybe recognition or whatever. But that meant that the outer determined my timing, not my soul. And so I spent all last year clearing and bringing, not just clearing, but bringing that, all these pieces that were unconscious to the surface, to be seen, to be loved, to be held, to be illuminated, and to be integrated into who I was. They weren't bad, but they do not serve me any longer. And so as I worked all the last year or two and have healed and integrated these, that was a huge piece that was different. I had unveiled my fairy cloak. I had chosen to step forward, regardless of the outcome, regardless of the outer. And in so doing, I had freed myself. And that was my blood. That was why my blood was singing, because it was free to sing. In the singing, I could feel the song codes go out and the world respond with its own song. A song that filled my heart with love and rapture and delight. So there I am in the forest preparing for this class that, while I thought was joyfully fun and enchanting, had no idea the implications, the depth at which this new transmission wanted to unfold. And which very clearly to me, for me, is about really understanding who I serve, which is those of the magical lineage. Who are those of the magical lineage? If you have read my new book that's out, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening, then you are already going to know some of what I'm going to say next. And if you haven't read it, there may be a tiny spoiler alert, but (laughs) this piece is really important in order to have this conversation, at least from being able to ground it into my own personal direct experience. And that is that in my really, the early part of my spiritual journey, 
I had a full body awakening where I remembered a time when I was fairy. Prior to that, I had been aware of my deep connection and affinity to fairy. I was very drawn to the fairy realm and the beings in the realm. And eventually, of course, these beings began to contact me through a series of, through a long tutelage and mentorship and a series of initiations, I eventually uncovered and unlocked the soul memory of being fairy. Now, I didn't just unlock a memory of hopping around in fairy and being fairy. What I actually remembered was the point at which my soul chose to cross over from fairy into human consciousness. The way that I experienced that in this memory is that I walked across a rainbow bridge. This rainbow bridge acted as a spiritual technology that allowed me to make this transition. I'd like to read a passage for you from my book that conveys the energy of this experience that I'm talking about. In this moment that stretches into infinity, a dimensional shift is underway, made possible in part by the rainbow bridge I stand upon. It's a bridge between worlds, a spiritual technology I am about to use to transform from fairy into human. From the eyes of my past self, I gaze across its length into eternity and behold a mirror reflection on the other side, anchored in a time that exists thousands of years in the future. This future human reflection reveals to my past fairy self that a time will come when the veils between the worlds of humanity and fairy will grow heavy with sleep. The eyelids of the earth will droop with fatigue. Eventually, humanity will have forgotten its soul self. My past self as fairy is witnessing humanity as they sleepwalk, having crystallized the belief that they are separate from earth, from nature, from life, from each other, from fairy. My fairy heart breaks at this oracular revelation, and yet I maintain poised and unwavering in my choice to cross this rainbow bridge of light, knowing that walking its length will facilitate my transition from fairy to human consciousness. I understand the fullness of my choice. I intend to incarnate as human, making the human journey through the ages to come. There is an unfathomable depth of compassion in my choice, for I love humanity with all my fairy heart. I also see that I too will succumb to the forgetfulness that accompanies the human condition during the age of sleep, the 13,000-year period when a great spiritual amnesia will enshroud the land and its human inhabitants. The sacred mother will be forgotten, diminished, or worse, 
and all who play the game of human form inside the story of time will forget the truth of their own divinity. For a time. Even me. For a long while I will feel lost. To everyone. Even myself. My deepest prayer is that when the new dawn breaks many thousands of years in the deep ancient future that my fairy heart will awaken and I will remember. Only then will I be able to fulfill the totality of my purpose, to shine my fairy light once again as a fully embodied human. Like a bolt of lightning, the truth has struck me. I have not only retrieved a soul memory of a time when I once walked, breathed, existed as fairy, but a convergence of timelines, past and future, has also somehow sanctioned me to re-experience a fully embodied reenactment of the point at which my soul chose to cross over from fairy consciousness into human form, a causal event whose effects have rippled out, creating lifetime upon lifetime. My journey and all the seemingly unrelated elements snap into place. My connection to the realm of fairy. Why I have been prompted to remember and to help others remember too. Why I have a proclivity for nature communication and why communion with that frequency is effortless, as easy as retracing the route to one's childhood home without even thinking about it. It is because the codes of fairy live within my heart. For I am fairy. What I came to know about myself was not only that I had very clearly chosen to cross over from fairy to human consciousness. But that I did so because I carried a deep love in my heart for humanity and had truly desired to carry with me the memory, the fairy codes, inch through my incarnational experience as human in the hopes that the codes could awaken within me as a fully embodied human and then express outward and be a blessing, especially at this great time of awakening and birthing of the new earth. I was also aware that though my story wasn't focused on others, right? Because I was, it was from my perspective and my direct experience. I was aware that I was not the only one that crossed over. In the totality of the fairy human history on planet earth, there were certainly many, many, many others who crossed over and made this shift from fairy to human consciousness. So all of this is very important context for what I'm going to share with you. Magical lineage. So I walked forward in all my work with this knowing within me that I was a fairy soul. Over time, as I continued my work with fairy, 
working with the subtle realms, working with the she realm, I learned a lot. And my understanding continues to learn and grow and shift and change and turn back on itself and turn inside out. And that's a good thing. And in this process, I started to understand that there was more kinship between our kinds than what most people think. And what I mean by that is while our races have grown apart, that there was a time when we were very much connected and very much one. The understanding is, is that way back, and we're talking about in somewhat primordial time in terms of the planetary lifespan, there was a single common ancestor in which both the fairy people, the she, and humanity are descended from. The way that I always perceived this was that From that common ancestral point of origin, which of course came from the starry realms, that two trajectories unfolded. One was the trajectory of humanity that decided to make a vertical movement down, down, down into the deep realms of matter, having a great depth of incarnational experience in matter. And if we go back up to that common point, that ancestral point, the trajectory that became the she was one that made a more horizontal movement. And rather than descend deeply into matter, what they did was they expanded into the imaginal experience of Gaia, working with the song tones and the dream time. This was the contradiction that I had been sitting with for like eight years. (laughs) And that contradiction is if we're all truly descended from this common ancestor that is somewhat pre-human, pre-fairy, right? Then how was my experience unique from that? Is or was my experience somehow unique from that? And those who I have sensed as, quote, fairy, whether they be fairy blood or fairy spirit, we'll talk about the difference in a little bit. How is that different? from this other real truth that all of us, all of humanity really came from this ancient, ancient, ancient earth star ancestor. I'm saying earth star because I want to say star, but the way that I see it is it was this soul call that went out from the impulse of Gaia and those souls who responded of the starry realms came an influx of light into the Gaian dream. From that point, once they were in the Gaian dream, that's where the two trajectories unfolded. And so that's why I'm not just saying star, because it wasn't 
I hope you can feel the difference in that movement, that it's a slight difference, but there is a nuance there that I think is important to distinguish. So what is the difference? What is the difference? Now, before I begin to tie all this up with a recent conversation that I had with one of my Subtle Realm colleagues, I am going to share this last piece or component. So I mentioned before that there is a difference between the fairy spirit and the fairy blood somebody who is a fairy soul or fairy spirit and fairy blood. So as I said, I remember a time that I was fairy, but I am talking about as a soul, my soul having that fairy experience and then choosing as a soul to move into the incarnational band frequency of human, right? So I literally jumped evolutionary tracks. I switched tracks in the middle of, you know, this experience. Then from that point, of course, I've had many incarnational experiences as humans since then. That is fairy soul or fairy spirit. In this case, I'm using them interchangeably. However, what about one who is of fairy blood? What does it mean to be of fairy blood? Fairy blood means that when we go back up the blood ancestral line, whether it's the maternal or the paternal line, the physical blood ancestral line, that somewhere up the ancestral line, one of our ancestors was fairy, was she. This is what it means to be of fairy blood. I will say that this is more common than most would believe. In folk tradition, those who are natural, gifted clairvoyants have fairy blood. And in some circles, fairy blood is synonymous with witch's blood, the mark of the witch. And in this case, I'm not referring to witch as a Wicca practitioner or any connected to any particular neo-pagan religion. I'm actually specifically talking about witch as in one who is deeply connected to the sacred energies of the earth, one who is wise woman, medicine woman, priest or priestess of land. In Scotland, of course, we had a lot of the seers, the male seers came from a line of seventh sons. So the seventh son had the gift of sight. And it was believed that they were of fairy ancestry. To this conversation, I would also like to add that this is where a lot of our legends hold these truths, these kernels of wisdom and memory, housing them for a time that we could decode them and see them with our hearts and remember. And those legends that I'm referring to now are the ones of the fairy bride. In some cases, in, for example, Northern Scotland and Ireland, it's the Selkie bride. And specifically, we have the legend of Melusine, which was written down as a medieval romance, but of course, came from much, much, much more ancient oral tradition and material. We have 
Guinevere from the Arthurian materials, it has been proposed that Guinevere was fairy. But if Guinevere was fairy, and the most recent body of work that really makes a beautiful case for this, uh, the author that really lays this out beautifully is an author by the name of Wendy Berg in her book, Red Tree, White Tree. A gorgeous exposition on Guinevere as fairy, as fairy marrying human to really bring forward this idea of fairy and human partnership in order to heal the rift between our kinds. In addition to the fairy brides, we also have different examples in literature. I'm thinking particularly of the prophecies of Merlin, where we're told of a mating or a union between a fairy or supernatural being. Sometimes they're portrayed as a demon or devil, but really that was, again, code word for supernatural being, for fairy, and the mating between one of these supernatural beings and a human. And in the case uh, with the prophecies of Merlin, Merlin was a product of a union between a fairy and a human. And we have so many other examples, but I just wanted to touch on a few of these so that we can see a lot of this has been hidden in plain sight for us. These mentions of fairy blood and characters in literature or even persons in history. During the War of Roses, we had Elizabeth who was married to Edward IV, and she claimed that she was a descendant of the fairy Melusine. There were quite a few who claimed that they had a connection to the house of Lusignan and the fairy Melusine throughout the European royalty. And this would have, of course, meant that even King Henry VIII himself would have been descended, and Queen Elizabeth I would have been descended from that fairy, original fairy blood ancestry and union. So now we've discussed the difference between fairy blood versus fairy soul or spirit. So being a fairy blood versus being of fairy soul or spirit, and not that one cannot be both. But again, I posed the question that I sat with for a really long time. If we are all descended from that common ancestor, then so what? Who cares? If we're all descended from that common ancestor, then aren't we all technically of fairy or of she or whatever that pre-human, pre-she energetic was? So this was the paradox and the contradiction and inquiry that I sat with for years because I knew my truth and it did feel significant. 
And while there were others, many others who I met along the path that also had a fairy energetic resonance to them, I did not feel that same energetic resonance with every single member of humanity that I met. Even in all of my years of working with these realms, of partnering with these realms, and having ample opportunity to gain clarity and ask questions, this was still a piece that was somewhat unclear to me until recently. Now, before I share with you this last piece, I want to say that I am under no illusions to believe that I am at the end of the story or at the end of this truth, meaning that this is the absolute. I feel I'm still in inquiry, still discovering. And this is so new what I'm going to share with you that I'm still allowing it to land and see what it even, what it even means. Okay. So I'm going to bring you up to present day. A couple of days ago, I was on one of my walks up the mountain and I was joined by one of my subtle realm colleagues who you may know as Merlin. And yes, Merlin has been a colleague and an ally that I have worked with for years, almost since the beginning. He and I were in dialogue and he and I are able to dialogue telepathically. And oftentimes I will, in our conversation, hear a stream of words, but I will also communicate with him through images and sometimes feelings as well. In this case, a three-dimensional image dropped into the center of my being and actually encompassed all of me within it. And I began to see that image that I shared with you not too long ago, which in this episode about the trajectories, the two trajectories of the vertical and the horizontal, right? In some ways, I used to call this the cross of spirit and matter, the fairy and human cross, and in the center was the rose. What I saw, again, because I've been sitting with this inquiry, if we're all descended from the common ancestor, what is magical lineage? What makes anyone different? What does that look like? What does it really mean to be of fairy blood if we're all descended from that? And same thing with fairy spirit. But in this moment, I had my answer. Or at least I had an answer that I'm sure will continue to grow and evolve. And the answer was this. Yes, we are all descended from that common point of ancestry. And so if we imagine that the human trajectory descended vertically and the that which became the she or the fairy trajectory moved in their direction horizontally, what I saw was that in that horizontal movement, you can see it if it helps you almost see it like a linear timeline. It's not. 
but we can look at it like that for our purposes today. See it as this linear timeline. And somewhere along that horizontal line are choice points. Choice points and decisions made by members of what is now known as the race of the she or the fairy people. There were times in history that one or multiple souls that had been having an experience along the she trajectory decide to descend into matter and into the human experience. Now, why is this significant if we all started out from that point? The reason this is significant is because it suggests that they actually had experience along the she trajectory. Experience of weaving within the Gaian dream in harmony and connectedness of being in deep relationship with the song of life as it arises from the heart womb of the planet. To have had that experience and take that experience into the realm of human is to be carrying a great gift because it is truly carrying not just the ancient ancestral memory of, yes, we all came from the stars. Yes, we were in this place of deep oneness with all life, but actually to carry the memory of having an experience interwoven into the sacred ecology of Gaia. I would go further to even suggest that whether you are one who chose to incarnate from fairy, from that she trajectory, somewhere along that pathway into human consciousness, or whether your blood and DNA is of fairy, meaning that somewhere up in your ancestral line, during a time when the line between human and fairy wasn't as crystallized as it is today, especially pre-industrial revolution, but probably further back than that. That was a time when the mating, physical mating between human and fairy was easier. And therefore, the offspring of that union would hold that DNA. And just like we're learning about DNA, DNA holds memory. And so whether you are of fairy blood or fairy spirit, meaning you made a choice along that trajectory into the she experience to become human, then you are part of the magical lineage, my friend. To you, I want to say, it is time to remember. And to that, I would add, it is time to reclaim that which you are, that which lives in your blood, in your spirit. It is time to stand in your holy reclamation of soul and self. And in that reclamation, 
Not only is it a great healing and homecoming of who we are, but it is also a blessing and a healing to all that you touch, all that you come into contact with. And if you don't know, I would say to you to just follow that which is alive for you. That which calls you does something in the energetic of fairy sing to your heart. Whether you know why or not, follow that. Follow that truly and see where it leads. For there are more of us of the ancient future way, brothers and sisters of weird, we of the magical lineage, who are here now. It is time to remember. It is time to be remembered. So let us all rise and be free. And now, my friend, I will leave you with these final words, a poem I wrote called Rise. Golden wings of light, she rises. Rose pink and crimson flowers, she rises. Violet and amethyst, she rises. Golden forests and emerald caves, she rises. A song is sung throughout the land, she rises. Now the fires are lit, the inner temple awakened. Hear the bells of above and below. Heaven on starry earth be born. Awake, awake, awake. Now she rises. They have come, the lineage of my sisters to raise me from myself and the ashes of my soul to the four directions dispersed. In the earth, they are buried. In the water, they are dissolved. In the wind, they are carried. In the fire, they are reborn. Rise and be born. She of one thousand faces, rise now, unfurl your wings, and take flight. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and for listening. If you are loving these conversations, explorations, and shares, and they are feeding your soul or stirring something awake and alive within you, then you might want to check out my newly released book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's a magical memoir detailing my early journey of awakening into the realms of Gaia and fairy 
And if you are journeying your own story of healing and remembrance, then definitely check out Elemental Whispers Essences. It's my flower tree and elemental essence line, which are vibrational medicines to support you in this wild journey of ours called Life on Earth. You can find all of this and more at my website, diamirarose.com. Until next time, 